Toronto. He'll dance, he'll step, he'll shoot, and he hits it at the buzzer. No time left, and the Rockets have won the game. We are here to fuel your Rockets news. This is the Rockets Field Podcast presented by Clutch Fans. I am your co-host, LaShar Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. And you can find my written work at SB Nation or The Dream Shake. And before we get into all of these trades that happen today, I want to get, give my co-host a chance to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Vader. You can find me at Vader H-Town on Twitter and also Instagram. So, Vader, we had a lot of stuff happen the last couple of days. Um, the game last night was actually almost overshadowed by all the stuff that happened today. Um, of course, just real briefly, because, of course, the big news is the trades. But, we, you know, we all kind of know what happened. Uh, the Rockets actually had a chance to win the game for the first time all year against Sacramento. Made some mistakes down the stretch. Still had a chance at the end of the game. Um, but after a controversial call, even though the NBA doesn't see it as controversial because there are too many reports saying that they say the referees were correct in making that call. Um, but the Rockets end up losing, as we know. Eric Gordon was called for a foul on De'Aaron Fox uh, with 0.3 seconds left. He Fox made all three free throws, and the Rockets end up losing the game. Uh, just real quick, the two-minute report did come out. They said that the call was correct. Now, whether you believe Fox – kicked out his legs and kind of initiated the contact. I guess the referees didn't feel that way. And they also said that they didn't feel that um, Eric Gordon was fouled when uh, after the jump ball, they were both going for the ball um, and Gordon fell out of bounds. They said that Gordon wasn't fouled, even though it was kind of clear that he was grabbed on the arm. So that was another call that they said was incorrect because they said the ball went off of Gordon, which it did. But in my opinion, he was fouled before he even got to that point. Um, but like I said, all that's kind of overshadowed by what happened today. Um, speaking of Eric Gordon, his last play as a Houston Rocket will be fouling a man on a three-point attempt. <laughs> At the end of the game, they end up costing him a game. So I heard somebody say it was kind of the Lovey Smith effect, but to me it's kind of the opposite effect because if if you're certain fans, you want the Rockets to lose. So maybe he did the Rockets a favor. Uh, but – uh, I kind of want to start there. The Rockets made two trades today, as we know, Eric Gordon to the Clippers. The Rockets, funny enough, got back John Wall, who will probably never, ever even step foot in Toyota Center. He'll probably be bought out. Um, they also received Danny Green, who's another person that's probably going to be bought out. Reports are saying that he's going to be bought out at some point. Um, and then in another trade, they traded Bruno Fernando and Garrison Matthews uh, for two second-round picks. And Justin Holiday and Frank Kaminsky to uh, from the Atlanta Hawks. Now, of course, the two players probably won't even see that much playing time. I would be really surprised if they did. Now, Justin Holiday is a decent defensive player, but at the same time, seeing the Rockets are kind of finally moving to the youth movement by moving on from Fernando and Garrison Matthews. Uh, so let's start with the Eric Gordon trade. Um, I kind of want to give grades for both of these trades, um, but of course, you can kind of just start off with your opinion of that trade. Well, first of all, uh, shout out to Eric Gordon, EG. He was a big part of the uh, previous uh, era of basketball that we had here in Houston when, when James Harden was a superstar. And, uh, like, 
have some really good memories of Eric Gordon. Uh, one of the things I'm always going to remember about Eric is is the memes, the faces, <laughs> the yelling at the refs. You know, that man, I think he felt like he was fouled 100% of the time when he drove to the basket. Every time. So, so shout out to EG, man. Like, uh, I know it got kind of weird recently because I think everybody just felt like it was in his best interest and the best interest of the team that he uh, move on to, to greener pastures. And that happened yeah. today. So, like, I cannot be really mad at this trade. It got to the point where um, if you got anything for him at this point, you you just kind of had to be be accepting of it because, yeah. like, there was, uh, there was a lot of talk that we might even hold on to him for contractual reasons or to try to lure James Harden back. But I just don't feel like you can hold on to a player like that, especially – you know, if the, if the rumblings were true that he was ready to get out of here and go and go to a team, I mean, he's not getting any younger. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a shame that it ended the way it did last night. I watched that replay. I don't care what the two minute report says. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It didn't look like he bumped him enough for a foul to be called. No. He he may have the wind from from his leg may have hit the end of box, but uh, nothing egregious, nothing that that warranted a whistle. I think um, I think De'Aaron Fox sold it. But the, oh, the, yeah. the fact that they went back and, and watched it and said that, uh, you know, there was an actual file there, I just think that's that just speaks to the fact that the NBA is scripted. Um, this was all part of the script. The Rockets were supposed to lose. They, they kind of went off script and we got put in our place last night. Man. <laughs> that's how it is. Um, as far as the trade goes, uh, like I said, the. Just moving EG to a place where he can, you know, well, it's kind of hard to say you're, you're competing for a championship. Like, all everybody is, like, in an arms race right now. So, but yes. he, he's definitely in a better place. He's on a team with uh, superstars, and hopefully, you know, he can contribute, uh, you know, to, to wins and, and help the Clippers beat. I, I don't really want the Suns to win. I'm going to be honest. I know we'll get to that, but yeah. I don't know. I, I'm over the whole, like, super-duper team thing, and I remember, like, when Golden State, when ironically enough, when KD went to Golden State, and he kind of ruined the NBA for me a little bit because those teams were just completely unfair, and um, I think Phoenix is kind of teetering in that direction with, the, with what they put together with, with right there, so um, I'm happy that EG got moved. I'm happy that he went to a good team, and I'm, I'm satisfied with the return. I, I would give the trade a – I'd give it a B. I mean, we, we, we were hoping for more, uh, but then there were also, there was also a chance that we could get less. So I, I feel like it, it's kind of in a B area for me. Yeah, and I, I mean, I agree, and that's kind of some. I actually wrote an article on that. I gave him a B minus, and the only reason it wasn't higher because – um, I mean, the pick swap is great. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, I mean, the, the ability to, you know, sw- uh, swap the pick that they got from the Bucks for the Clippers pick. But I just don't know. I mean, the way the Clippers are kind of reloading right now, it also added Bones Highland. I don't really see the Clippers really falling down and losing games because we've seen over the years, even when one of them is out, Paul, George, or Kawhi Leonard, or both of them, the way Ty Lue coaches, they still winning games. Um, so I don't really see it. I mean, at the most, you might get two or three spots ahead with the pick swap. But, I mean, hey, I guess it's better than nothing. But the reason why I didn't give it a higher grade, because if the reports are true, and this is something I would love to ask Rafael Stone, if he actually does a press conference, <laughs> I mean, we'll see if that happens. But if the reports were true, of course, you could have possibly got a first-round pick last year. And, um, you know, I already know the reasoning that a lot of people are saying is because they didn't want to have another young guy on the roster um, but I mean, you're able to get a pick swap. The biggest thing is you're actually open up minutes for guys like Josh Christopher. And if once Kevin Porter Jr. comes back, 
Uh, we'll see if they're going to actually start KJ Martin regardless, um, or if they maybe switch to Jay Shantae. But e- either way, K- uh, KJ Martin, Tari Eason, Josh Christopher are all going to get more minutes now because that's 30 minutes a game that you're going to have to give to other players. And they're not going to give it to Garrison Matthews because that's the other trade the Rockets made was the Garrison Matthew and Bruno Fernando trade. So what did you think of that to be able to get two second round picks for basically people that weren't even in rotation anymore? Right. So I think, I think Gary, Gary Matthews, uh, like he, he started off really hot here and then he kind of like came back down to earth. Um, he's just a guy, man, like, to me, he he was he should have been in like the, the Gerald Green kind of role where you come in and you get a couple shots up, and if you're if you're hot, you leave them in. But um, sometimes it just kind of felt like uh, Silas was in love with uh, the idea that he could get hot at any moment, and the fact that he was a hard nosed defender, even though he was not, in my opinion, a good defensive player, but he did bring some intangibles to the table that some of the other guys probably didn't bring. So I don't know, like moving him out gives a guy like like you said like josh christopher an opportunity to get on the floor and we saw like we've seen recently like when he gets minutes and i've said this all year even dating back to last season when he gets minutes he produces and i know that you know he's not a finished product a lot of people like to point to his defense is not being solid all the time but he gets steals and he turns those steals into transition baskets probably more than any other guard on this basketball team if you even go back and look at last year so um, if we want to just like pick on Josh Christopher's defense, uh, there's pretty much pretty much every player on this team <laughs> you, yes. could, you could single out for for defensive reasons at, at different points in time. Some more than others, but I wouldn't say that his defense is is like you know it's not worse than Jalen Green's defense, right? Oh, so no. like I don't think anybody's on the team. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, Jalen. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Let, like, like, let's be for real. Uh, get a man a chance. Let him get in there. And like I said, like I, I think when he gets in the game, he just brings more to the table than than Garrison Matthews does. Yeah. So to move Garrison Matthews out, clear that log jam that that's uh, at the two guard position, and even you know Gary Gary was even playing small forward at times. Like just kind of get him out. And get something for him. I, I think that's that's a good trade. And then Bruno Fernando, depending on who you talk to, some people think he's a lob threat. Some people think that he is, <laughs> you know, a deterrent at the rim. I mean, he's had a few. He's had his moments. Don't get me wrong. However, I don't think he impacts winning. And so, right. as as another guy, to just kind of get off your books and and you know get out and actually get an asset for. I have to give Raphael Stone, you know, another B on this trade just because of the fact like I don't think you want to play those guys anyways. I mean, it, it, I, I wouldn't. Those, those are like, I know there's a, a lot of people like argue back and forth about whether or not um, Garuba or Fernando should be the backup, you know, center. And, you know, like even those both of them have strength and they both have, you know, different weaknesses. I mean, let's be honest. I, I don't think either one of them is, is really that great right now. Uh, no. So, you know, I, I don't like to get into too much of an argument. I do think Garuba brings a little bit more even though you know he can't really jump you know he's not really great as far as scoring uh, uh, but i mean i wouldn't mind seeing uh, i wouldn't mind seeing tari Eason play small ball five i wouldn't mind seeing jabari smith jr play small ball five i mean those are things that we haven't really explored that much this year i think that they would probably help you help you you know win a little bit more than putting bruno fernando in in my opinion you know and, and you know, we've seen, you know, watching the Rockets over the years, you don't necessarily have to have a traditional big man. Uh, we've seen it with Chuck Hayes. We saw it with uh, P.J. Tucker. And, yeah, those were two outstanding defensive players. But 
Um, I don't think you necessarily need to have a big giant bruiser guy in there just to have him in there, especially if he's not really helping you win basketball games. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, Bruno Fernando brought some, like you said, brought some things that Garuba didn't bring. But at this point, if you're able to get second round picks for Bruno Fernando and you want to see what Garuba, because let's be honest, this is Garuba's audition. The Rockets going to give him a chance. Now, they did bring over Frank Kaminsky as well as part of that trade, but I just don't see any way where Frank Kaminsky is even getting minutes. I, he may not even – I mean, the fact that they're uh, – Jonathan Fagan reported that they're going to probably cut Boban but then resign him almost makes me think that um, they may even just buy out or waive Frank Kaminsky. He may, he's probably not even going to get any minutes. So Garuba, this is his chance to show – if he's going to really be part of this rotation or not, because I really believe if, if he goes out and he doesn't really wow the front office, that they're just going to move on from from him uh, this upcoming season because we all know the Rockets are going to be in win mode next season. So Yeah, I think is, it's important that he at least shows that he can knock down a corner three-pointer with some consistency. Yeah. And, yeah, his percentages are really great. Like I'm, They're not even good. They're, they're actually great percentages, but they're on yeah. such low volume, you don't know if you can take them seriously, and there's a – you know, there's a there's a one of those old sayings. There's a reason why you're wide open. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. like, I'd like to see him like shoot a little bit more when, when he's in the game when he gets those opportunities. Just so we if we we can see if that's like real or not. Because if he can be like a pretty good three point shooter from the corner at, at the very least, I think he does bring you some value with the, with all the other things that he's good at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, for me, the greatest a just second-round picks who the NBA was going today, it seemed like second-round picks were like kind of great currency because <laughs> everybody was trading multiple second-round picks today. Yeah, like, so, like, I mean, like if I could get two yeah, second-round like Oprah picks. was giving them away. You get a second-round pick. You <laughs> yes. get a second-round pick. Yeah, it was, it was out of control. Right? So, and going, yeah, back to the, like, going back to the Eric Gordon trade, I remember uh, there was a rumor that we were supposed to be offered four uh, second-round yeah. picks from Milwaukee. For him. So, I mean, I, I, I prefer this uh, pick swap over over that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like I said, I give it an A. You get two second-round picks for two players that really wasn't – they weren't part of your future plans. They weren't right. even a rotation really this year. So, to me, you get an A out of that because it was really an unexpected trade. I don't think anybody really thought that they were thinking about moving anybody else besides Eric Gordon. So, to me, it was a win-win. I wrote an article early the day before they made any moves that the Rockets were the biggest winner. And one of the reasons why is, is because they get to watch the Brooklyn Nets implode um, all day long. Actually, the last couple of days, uh, <laughs> trading away Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. That's kind of what I want to talk a little bit about next is how does that affect the Rockets going forward? Because we all know the Rockets have either the Nets outright pick or pick swap all the way through 2027. And now the Nets traded away Kyrie Irving um, last week. Today, or wow, really early in the morning, they traded away uh, Kevin Durant. They got back some good players like Mikael Bridges, like Cam Johnson, um, Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, they got some decent players back, but at the end of the day, it's nowhere near as good as their you know big three that lasted like 20 games together, They uh, total games that they actually played together. So how do you think the Rockets come out just from that perspective as far as their picks? And also, I want to ask you, would you be more inclined to actually try to move some of those picks down because you never really know how maybe the next get lucky in a draft and all of a sudden they're right back at the top. Would you try to move on from that, uh, some of those picks now and kind of cash in on them? 
See, when the, the reports came out today that we were interested in Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges, I thought that was a perfect opportunity to maybe cash in on some of that draft capital that we have from from the Nets because, like, who who is like who does that draft cap capital? Who is it worth more most to? It's worth most to Brooklyn because it gives them the opportunity to uh, control their own future, control their own destiny. Um, if they want to, you know, like do a fire sale on all their players and kind of start over from scratch it gives them the, the ability to do that without consequence because they have all their draft capital back. So I, I was hoping that maybe we could uh, somehow like uh, convince them to send um, reroute my Mikhail Bridges this way, you know, maybe even Cam Johnson. Um, I kind of wish that report, I think Kelly Eco was the one who broke it. And uh, I kind of wish it didn't come out because I spent the next few hours kind of like, you know, <laughs> hoping. hoping that you know, <laughs> you know one of those guys was were, were going to come here because they both bring something to our team that we don't we don't presently have. I mean, Cam Johnson is a knockdown shooter; he's a decent defender. Mikael Bridges, I mean, everybody knows he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife guy. Um, I think they really would have, and they they both been on winning teams. So you know, just bringing guys like that in, you know, we've been kind of complaining all season about uh, how we have a lot of similar pieces. Yeah. Uh, and they don't necessarily uh, fit together. And you, you kind of wonder what it's going to look like a couple years down the road. I think uh, both Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson were guys that you could bring in and, and you could actually see them as being part of the, you know, rotation, uh, the core rotation in the future. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind moving some of that stuff because you, you don't really know. Right now, right now you just have some lottery tickets and you hope yeah. that they hit big. Um, if you can cash them in for something that's that's proven – it's kind of like that uh, bird in the hand situation. Uh, and, and and do you want to risk it and, and hold on to it and then it's not worth what you thought it was worth? Or do you want to actually, you know, cash it in right now and get something really good for it? So I, I think if the right deal came along, I think Raphael Stone should uh, be receptive to listen, man, because you, ju you just don't know the draft is such a weird, it's such a weird thing. Like we've been the worst team in the league two years in a row and we still haven't gotten the first pick. Huh. You, yeah. you just you just never really know. And then, like I said, Brooklyn's incentive to win is still high right now. So there, I feel because of the fact that we do control their draft, you know, for the next uh, five drafts, uh, if you include this one that's coming up, I think they are going to – they're not going to tank. They're not going to blow it up. Yeah. Um, they're going to try to make some win-now moves. So I think if you can go ahead and, like, somehow convince them that, like, hey – you know, we'll give you a pick back and, and, and something else and, and, and send Mikael Bridges, for example. I think you have to do that. I think, And I think it benefits both teams. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I look at it, sort of like a stock. You know, you buy a stock real cheap. Uh, eventually, the stock just keeps rising and rising and rising. But at some point, you don't want to get stuck with that stock. If it goes from a dollar to a hundred, then all of a sudden it's, it, you, you hold it too long and it drops back down to a dollar fifty. So basically, all you made is fifty cents out of it when you could have made a hundred dollars. So at and some I think point, this was best case scenario for us, Lashard, yeah. because we we've had teams like what Brick what Brooklyn has right now. Somebody kind of compared it to the wow factor after we first traded James Harden when we had <laughs> we were trying yeah. to make the wall Oladipo. Oladipo, uh, yeah. But this also kind of reminded me of you remember uh, before we got Harden, we had the Kyle. We had a lot of really good players. We had Kyle, Kyle Lowry, we had Kevin Martin. Martin. Yeah, Ken, uh, Kevin Martin, Goran yeah. Dragic, we had Skola, Landry. Mm -hmm. like we had a lot of really good players, but 
in the NBA, you have to have a star in order to really win. So yeah. um, I was kind of happy when Kyrie uh, got traded out of there. And then when KD went right behind him, I, you know, they're not going to be they, – they may not be bad, but they're definitely not going to be good without having a star on the team. No. I mean, I know some people are trying to talk themselves into it, but no. I mean, you, you lose – Kevin Durant, one of the greatest players of all time. You lose Kyrie Irving. All these guys are top 20 players this year. And you lost James Harden a couple years ago. I mean, you're not going to be as good with Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson and Dorian Finney-Smith. You'll be a hard-nosed team that plays hard. But, I mean, playing hard doesn't necessarily win you games in the NBA. I mean, the Rockets sometimes play hard and they still lose. So it's kind of the same situation. So at some point, the Rockets are probably going to look at hey, who's the next star player that's going to want out? Because we all know it's going to be some star player that's going to want out in the next year or two. And I know some people are saying, well, why would they want to come to Houston? But things can change in a year. <laughs> the Rockets can go from a laughing stock to, oh, man, they just got Wimby. They got our Scoot Henderson. They brought in a couple of free agents. And now you got some star players saying like, oh, okay, maybe I want to pull a Chris Paul and go play with, you know, go play with Jalen Green or go play with, Jabari Smith, or, or you know, whatever the case is, the same way Chris Paul went and played with Devin Booker when Phoenix had to make the playoffs in what a decade or something like that. So you never know what's going to happen next year. So the the way I look at it is, is at some point you definitely want to start moving from those picks in the next year, um, probably even before the next two years. Uh, you want to start moving on some of the picks so you can get some type of return for sure for those picks. Uh, before we wrap up the show, I wanted to talk about some of the major trades that happened. Of course, like we mentioned earlier, the Kevin Durant trade. Um, I want to kind of get your opinion on that one and then just kind of get your opinion on another trade that maybe some, a lot of people aren't talking about that maybe like a, have a big impact. So, of course, Kevin Durant uh, got traded to the Phoenix Suns and they sent back, um, like we've been you know talking about the entire time, they sent back Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder, who pretty much stayed with the uh, Nets for like a cup of coffee, and he went over to uh, Milwaukee Bucks, who traded like pretty much all their second round picks for the rest of the decade uh, to get Jay Crowder. Mm -hmm. So, what is kind of your opinion on that trade and just some of the other bigger trades that have actually happened before today, like the Russell Westbrook trade and the, the fact that, you know, DeAndre Russell is coming full circle back to LA uh, to play with the Lakers? That was probably the funniest trade to me just because like for 30 minutes, the Lakers and the Laker fans were on top of the world. They were like, yeah. they were like, yeah, yeah we, we got D'Angelo Russell. We got rid of Russell Westbrook. I had went into a space on Twitter and man, you should have heard it, man. Like the celebration inside of that space oh, yeah. because they like there's so many people in that fan base do not like Russell Westbrook. Like they hate him with a passion. <laughs> And I was just sitting in there and I, I just it, I really got a kick out of it because they were in like full celebration mode. And then I promise you, like it, it, it felt like an hour later, the, the Kevin Durant news came down. So like, yeah. it, well, that's what it felt like. But it, it was it was crazy because I'm like, man, they didn't even get a, a good chance to celebrate because like if you look mm. at that trade, like the Lakers got better and they did not have to give up a whole lot in order to get better. So, you know, when you consider, um, you know, just LeBron James floor and ceiling raising ability, you like, hey, he might be able to make this work. You know, we've seen yeah. him get to the finals with with a less with a lesser squad, right? So um I was like, man, he he might actually be able to pull it off. And then the KD news broke. And so um I think at the very at, at very worst, um 
Phoenix is probably the second second best. A lot of people are already crowning them as the best team in the West. I still think you got to go through Golden State. Um, they just brought you know Gary Payton back, and a lot of people think that's probably not like a, a huge move. But like if you look back, Gary Payton he won him a, a couple of games. Oh yeah. my god, Gary Payton was a huge cog in the machine, like as as a as a role player, and they brought him back. So he just fits that system perfectly. He fits with those guys perfectly, and he's going to be a difference maker on that team. And so when you go to the playoffs, you know and all these guys aren't playing anymore. It's going to be like a seven eight man rotation and I think Golden State's seven eight man eight man rotation can match up with pretty much anybody. Um they're defending champs, you gotta you gotta dethrone them. But if you just look at paper, I mean you got Devin Booker. I know Chris Paul isn't the Chris Paul of old, but you got Chris Paul, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he looks suddenly reju- rejuvenated again. <laughs> still got been, Aiden. You still got Aiden who who's been playing pretty well lately. And then you bring in Kevin Durant, and I don't want to diminish, you know, Mikael Bridges and, and Cam Johnson because I was just talking very glowingly of them and <laughs> hoping that they could come to the Rockets, but they're not Kevin Durant. You know, yeah. Kevin Durant is one of the greatest players of all time. So, like, if you can move two, two really, really good players, which those guys are, and bring in a great player, uh, that is a that is a win. That's a, that's a no-brainer. And I think the Suns definitely got better. The Lakers got better. I think the Clippers got better. Like a lot of teams got better. Today was a was an arms race in the NBA. Um, go ahead, Lashard. Yeah. No, I, I was just gonna say, but, but what what is Minnesota doing? Like I, I, I'm not understanding. People were like, <laughs> people were excited about Mike Conley, but this isn't the Mike Conley from even two years ago. Mike Conley has been horrible this year. I don't, I don't think people have really watched Utah Jazz games. But Mike Conley has not been good all year long. So I, I just don't see – I mean, I know people in Minnesota sort of kind of like with um, Russell Westbrook just didn't like D'Angelo Russell because I guess they just figured he's taken away from Anthony Edwards. I think we've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just – they were ready for him to move on. But, man, D'Angelo Russell was shooting almost 40% from three, over 80% from the free throw line. And really, he's not the problem there. The problem there is Rudy Gobert, and you gave away all your picks for Rudy Gobert who – you can't even get more blocks than Walker uh, Kessler, who wasn't even starting to begin the year. That so like horrible, that looks like a really bad trade just on the Walker Kessler front. Like that, oh man! If I if I was a Minnesota fan, I would be livid. I think oh, the uh, Minnesota's GM is putting putting on a masterclass of what not to do <laughs> and how to get yourself fired and never get hired again. Yeah, it's crazy. And another team I'm not understanding really what they're doing. They must really don't like Bones Highland because. I mean, Denver got worse. I mean, I, I know Bones Highland maybe not exactly what they w- wanted him to be right now, but my God, you basically gave a Bones Highland for a stale bag of chips and some hot soda. I mean, you basically got nothing back for him, and you gave him to one of your rivals in the West. I I, I don't understand some of these general managers and what exactly they be Yeah, that was, that was a weird one. And I know he's not very efficient, but he's only like a second-year player. Yeah. Um, and he has his moments where he looks really, really like, like, you know, like a really, really good player. So the trade him away for nothing was kind of weird. I don't know if there was some maybe we'll hear more about what was going on yeah. behind the scenes or something like that, because like you just don't give a player away that is as talented as Bones Highland is and, and don't get anything back for him it's, and, and trade him to a rival on top yeah. of that. Yeah. That's, I mean, like I said, you know. They, I guess they know more. But I don't care I do. about them. All I care about is the Rockets. I care about Brooklyn. I care that uh, uh, Kyrie blew up the whole Brooklyn Nets team uh, because he didn't want to get vaccinated. 
and he said <laughs> some stuff that he didn't want to retract, and we won't get into that. But like, thank you, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is the MVP at the Houston Rockets he's, right now. He's the real uh, MVP. <laughs> <laughs> he's the real MVP. Um, thank you, Kevin Durant, for asking out. You know, I don't really, I, I do care that Phoenix is trying to build a super team, but like the right. Rockets aren't competing right now anyway. So uh, by the time but, the Rockets are good again, KD will be officially retired. So whatever. Well, well let me I, ask I you though. About that. Let me ask you though. So, who do you think the Rockets start going forward? I mean, because Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be out. Of, well, well, I mean, as far as at point guard, because Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be out a while. It, it, the way it sounds, it doesn't sound like he's going to be back even after, right after the All Star break, because they haven't given any type of timetable. He still has pain. So, do you think they still go with Dacia Nix, or do you think they finally give Ty Ty Washington a chance to actually? Because it just seems like they don't like Ty Ty Washington's defense. I mean, I, I, that's the only thing I can think of why they don't give him minutes. He had that great game, but then he hasn't played the last two games. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't there the last game to ask why <laughs> Ty Ty's not playing. And the game before that, Coach Salas pretty much almost broke the table, so I really didn't get a chance to ask my question <laughs> that game either. So, But do you think they still stick with Dacia Nix? Because, I mean, they have to put one of them in there. I mean, I don't know who else is going to run point guard. They're not going to – unless they start Jay Sean Taylor point that's guard. A, that was about, that's what I was about to say. That is your only option at this point. So it's going to have to be – because we got rid of the other security blanket. Like, yeah. I feel like Eric Gordon was uh, like Silas's uh, – like Linus from the Peanuts, the blanket. Uh, so <laughs> yes. we got rid of Eric Gordon. And so we won't see any more Eric Gordon at point guard. So that leaves Jay Sean Tate, and that leaves Dacian Nicks. Your man, and like, and like you said, I don't think, I don't think he's there yet with Ty Ty for whatever reason. Because anytime that he has an opportunity to like, you know, start Dacia Nix, Dacia Nix gets the start. And yeah, you know, absolutely. I think Dacia Nix. Uh, one thing I will say about him, he he is uh, at times a, a solid defensive player. Um, I saw some some good things from him defensively. Yeah. It's just like the the stuff he does on offense sometimes is just like it almost negates it for me. It almost kills it. I, like, I, I try to be happy. I'm like, oh, man, look, he made a really good defensive play. And then he'll come down the court and he'll, like, it's, it's the unforced turnovers. It's not even the fact that he's trying to, like, make a play. It's just, like, yeah. he'll literally just throw the ball into the third row. row or he'll, yeah. like, he'll shoot, like, a crazy air ball and not even touch the rim, you know. And but he's 20 years old, man. He's 20. He's only 20. He ain't 30. He's he ain't 30. He only, he's only 20. Uh, he can get better, and I hope he does because if he gets better, that's, that's good for the Rockets. Yeah. Personally, me personally, I would like to let them – like Knicks has gotten the whole first half of the season to show what he can do. I feel like yeah. maybe it's time let's, – let's see what Ty Ty can do. Let them let them duke it out, and like if Ty Ty shows that he is not ready for the – you know, ready for the, the spotlight right now, you know, give it back to Knicks. But I, I yeah. think Knicks – I feel like Knicks has had his opportunity, and I feel like – he hasn't he has not like seized the reins of you know earn like earning the spot where he he can like say that I've established myself as the either backup point guard or you know now that the starting point guard is out I deserve a start yeah yeah and I mean well I guess we'll see we're gonna see real quickly tomorrow because the Rockets are back in action tomorrow I have a feeling they'll probably be practicing this weekend and then uh, you know maybe they'll have a better understanding of the rotation but they will be back in action tomorrow and as far as kj starting i mean i've heard some things that it's, it's not a guarantee um mm. i don't know anything beyond that but I, I i i know for a fact it's not a guarantee yet so 
we all know how much they love Jay Sean Tate. Now, maybe they love Jay Sean Tate more as running the, with the second unit, but we know Coach Silas in the front office, they love Tate. So I would be shocked. Why, but I'm trying to think of why <laughs> would you not start KJ at this point? And I'm thinking the only, yeah. the only, the only thing that you can convince me is that now that Eric Gordon is gone, you feel like you need another ball handler in the starting lineup. Yeah, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised. Me personally, KJ Martin should be starting. I mean, he should have been starting all year, regardless if Eric Gordon was there or not. But it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't start even once Kevin Porter Jr. is back. But Again, I don't know that for a hundred percent fact, but I've seen Stranger Thing with the Rockets happen. So I need you to I, check I the script. I need you to I need you to figure out where the script <laughs> is and, and let us know. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep looking for it. Maybe I can do a treasure hunt, and track it down, and let y'all know for sure. Because, uh, like I said, we won't know for sure until Kevin Porter Jr. comes back. And who knows at this point um, when he's going to be back? Uh, but before we wrap it up, definitely want to say shout out to Eric Gordon. He's one of the best uh, uh, Rockets free agent signings what in probably the last 30 years. Um, he has some great moments with the Rockets. My my favorite moment, EG moment, of course, is, which is a lot of people's favorite moments, is that that three hit in game five against the Warriors where we we thought that the Rockets had the series wrapped up but I ain't going to go into all of that. But that three he hit is probably like the loudest I heard the Toyota Center since the, well, heck, ever, because in the 90s, it wasn't the Toyota Center. It was the Summit. So that's probably the last I've ever heard the Toyota Center, and I'll never forget that moment. So definitely shout out to EG. If if I'm cheering for anybody, which I normally don't do, outside of the Rockets, I'm definitely cheering for EG to get a ring this year. So definitely shout out to uh, Eric Gordon. Yeah, man, Eric Gordon, like what, what did Clyde Dressler used to always say on the broad, broadcast, consummate professional. You know, like EG was that dude, man. He he never he really didn't complain very much. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I know he wanted out of here, and he was a professional about it. He didn't. Um, I mean, you could kind of tell his body language was was waning a little bit, but he probably he didn't do a PJ Tucker, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who knows how long he's been asking out? You know, so yeah. like I have to give him his props, and like you said, he was a guy who always showed up in the playoffs. Like you, you never heard. You know, we never got on any like you know, message board or social media and be like, man, where's Eric Gordon? He's choking. Like yeah. Eric Gordon was, was a clutch player in the playoffs. So I'm going to miss all of those things about him. It's just unfortunate that, you know, right now we're in a, we're, you know, deep into a rebuild and he just doesn't fit, you know, the timeline yeah. of, of what the Rockets need right now. Yeah, absolutely. So the new look Rockets will, uh, sort of new look Rockets will be back in action tomorrow. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, We'll probably be back uh, after the All-Star break, um, kind of break it down the second half of the season for the Rockets, kind of see where they go from here and kind of how we think they're going to do going forward. Uh, so make sure you check us out for our next episode of Rockfield Podcast presented by Clutch Fans.